Come on in guys, welcome back to the Sit Out Bench. I'm Matt and we're here to talk all things Survivor UK episodes 11 and 12. You can find us on Instagram and X. Make sure you follow us, interact with us and give us a 5 star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the pod. On today's episode we'll be taking a closer look at each remaining player's potential routes to the final and which players they stand the best chance of beating. So take your spot on the Sit Out Bench and let's get started. Hi guys, editing Matt here. Sorry if the audio for this episode is a bit wonky. I made a mistake with my audio while recording. Hopefully it's not too distracting for the episode. Thanks. Hi everyone, hope you're doing well after a crazy week of Survivor UK. Joe can't be with us today, unfortunately. He's too busy licking his wounds after all his incorrect pre-season predictions. (laughs) Uh, So today it is just me. And joining me instead is the master of Survivor knowledge himself and the only UK-based Survivor YouTuber, we have Bandit Survivor back. Bandit, how are you? I am good, thank you. The master of Survivor knowledge. Wow, that's a, that is a prestige. Hopefully I can keep it up today because um, if you see my power rankings, I have not been a master of um, finding them through, but we'll see how things go today, my friend. I don't think anyone can beat themselves up too much. I don't think anybody <laughs> saw uh, Tanuke obviously going home this weekend. An absolutely crazy week of Survivor episodes. Oh, it was crazy because, I, as you said, I think that like Tanuke and Doug were like the top two, and it was so good. Uh, it was so good. They were getting lots of content. Tanuke was talking about a relationship with Hannah, and I was like, ooh, maybe we might be getting some fluidity in gameplay. Her talking to the other side. And then Doug went, and I was like, yeah, this is Tanuke's time. This is her This is her winning story arc. And then she gets blindsided in a paralysis for the next episode, and I was crying. She was my number one for quite a few weeks, so... Oh, it's just upsetting seeing her go, man. Yeah, two absolutely brutal blindsides in terms of how much we really love these <laughs> contestants. Although, to be fair, All Stars is probably going to be stacked. I mean, we've already got Ashley, Doug, Tanuke, Lee would be interesting as well, so that's one positive. Absolutely, truly shaving up for a great All Stars season here. What did you think about the moves being made on Doug and Tanuke this week? So it's quite interesting because obviously I think if you're from like Doug's perspectives, it makes sense for them to get rid of Christopher, but I mean, that was just masterful gameplay from the Calaton group. Uh, the original five to be able to get rid of Doug, keep the others in the dark. You're essentially taking away kind of the glue for that group. Now, they do recover, but I think if they also got rid of Christopher, then Matthew and Lawrence would have been able to join the other people even more effectively. So I can understand Tanuke's thinking. And then, man, that flip was just crazy. I mean, it felt like it was going to go well, and then Lawrence spills the beans, and then eventually Matthew pulls through. And it was just an insane round of gameplay. Two plurality votes back to back, I may just say. So that is just crazy gameplay. What about yourself, mate? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, the level of gameplay this week just stepped up a a huge amount. Obviously, we had the idle play. We had a fake idle. We had an extra vote. As you said, we had two plurality votes. Just we're really starting to see the level of strategy rise. And it's really starting to feel like great, great survivor here. For me, the jury's still out on whether this was the correct move for Matthew to make or whether this was potentially too early. Oh, see, that's interesting because it's kind of that debate of short-term versus long-term safety. Like, I feel like if he was with Tanuki and Matthew, or Tanuki, Matthew and Nathan, like, obviously they said, we're final three, we're solid. 
But the question is, does he beat Tanuke? I don't think so, based on the edit. Yeah, I agree. So I understand him making the move. The only thing is, he's risking his short-term safety now. But I feel like his winner equity has obviously gone up. And he is someone that I underestimated. And I had to send Matthew an apology on Snap- on uh, Instagram saying, I underestimated you in the first few weeks. <laughs> and he was completely adorable with his response. And yeah, he is someone that is definitely a lot more cutthroat than I think people were expecting. Absolutely. We're really starting to see Matthew pick the game up as he goes along and make the moves that might be necessary for him to be able to win this game. So I'm really impressed with how his game is growing. But I do worry about whether now he's potentially the next big threat to be taken out in a line of people who've all made big moves. Oh, see, I I don't know how far to get into it, but like obviously we're talking about all the big threats going Lee, Ashley, Doug and Tanuke and then I look at this final seven and I'm like right okay is this just going to be a situation where we've had our big blind sides and now it's going to be a bit more stagnant gameplay with individuals that we don't really know that well like there's some people that have been a bit more under edited now they have been getting bigger edits but I would say in comparison to the jurors I know less about so it's interesting how they might try and rectify that but it'll be interesting to see like the end game of this season if it's just one where all the big threats go and we end up with a final three that's mostly under the radar. So that'll be interesting. Completely agree on the edit front. I think we're now left with a lot of people that we don't really know as well, unfortunately. Exactly. Particularly concerning, obviously, Hannah having barely any. <laughs> then we also have people like Leilani and Nathan whose edits have dropped off quite considerably. So for one of them to win, they'd really have to step up and make a a huge move to impress the jury. Very bold move. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Okay, so uh, let's get into it then. Obviously, we're doing our cast capital a little bit differently this week. It's the penultimate week heading into the the end game here. So we're going to come and talk about each player's end game chances And to do that, we're going to be talking about what their winning story could be to argue to the jury, what their best route is to the end, and what their best final three combination would likely be. So we're going to start off with the the man of the hour, the person that's driven all the gameplay in these last couple of weeks, and of course that is Christopher. So uh, Bandit, what do you think Christopher's winning story could be to the jury? I think Chris's story is absolutely fantastic. I mean, being this individual that's at the top, he's doing well, he's got this relationship with Ashley, and there's a little bit of danger, and he has to get out Ren, and then the merge comes and he's on the bottom. I think there is definitely a winning trajectory for Chris. It's just me wondering how much of the negativity in his content could have been avoided, because I feel like they are going to try and show off their winner as holistically as they can for the first series obviously back in 20 years but i feel like chris's story is just going to be about determination and not giving up i mean we have confessionals about him saying you can't be content in this game you have to understand there's a hierarchy and he managed to take matthew in episode 12 from being an individual saying there is no hierarchy to suddenly flipping the game in a massive move that i'm sure we'll talk about with matthew but what do you think about christopher that's my question (laughs) I'm going to absolutely love Christopher this week. Uh, I think he's done an amazing job. And I think although a lot of people have disliked him across this game, I think the jury are going to be able to deny the amazing moves that he's made and the crazy moments he's created. You know, we see the jury's responses every single week. 
We see how Doug and Ashley are, like, screaming. Even Lee, who doesn't really like Chris that much, seems somewhat impressed. So I would be very surprised if Chris got no votes from this jury. And you think about Tanuke as well in her final words. She was like, I actually hope that Christopher gets to the end just so I can laugh about these people that are taking them out. I mean, it's kind of like past the parcel almost with Christopher where, like, he's just getting saved by one group and then the other group saving him. And, I mean, Christopher's good at the challenges. I mean, he got pretty much second in that last challenge that we saw. He can find idols, so immunity tree potentially. Yeah, I could see that. And I think that's my main worry with Christopher is sort of the route to the end. You know, can he flip-flop across both sides? Are his allies actually going to want to keep him around? Or is it when it comes push to shove, do they just turn around and vote him out of this game? So what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, that's good, because we kind of see in their trailer for next episode that he seems to be in this group with Matthew, and Matthew's like, I can't believe this. So I think Christopher might just find an idol. And, I mean, he's obviously got a connection with the likes of Pegleg and Hannah, so being able to kind of stick to that group, I think for Christopher specifically, is good. And, I mean, obviously he's got a resume, he got a correct idol play, he was someone that kind of has the I told you storyline with the likes of Doug and stuff, and Tanuke has respect for him. I've got a question for you though, Matt, it is still relevant to Chris, but it's a little bit kind of going off the rails here. For his idol that he found at the merge, do you think it was a timed idol like Doug got, or do you think it was literally just the final five idol? Because they never said... If I had to guess, I'd say it was probably the final five idol. I think they were trying to do like pre-merge, post-merge idols to try and create as many of these moments as they possibly could. But obviously, it was weird that they decided to have the pre-merge idol expire a couple of tribals before. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why they did that. But yeah, I do think Chris's was probably good all the way up until the final five. Um, I do agree with you that sticking to that Lynetta group is probably yeah. a solid strategy for Chris right now i think flipping flopping too much will definitely make him too much a threat for absolutely everybody left in the game at this point and what do you what do you envision is a realistic final three and a winning final three for christopher winning final three i mean as i've said i really think that jury's eating him up and i really think that he has the argument that he can make regardless of who he is sitting next to at the final three like whatever he where however he gets to the end he still has the argument of how well he's played this game how he's been able to control the boats from the bottom how he's been able to flip against each of these alliances and flip members of their own alliances against each other and so i think it doesn't really matter who he's sitting next to in that scenario um in terms of his ideal final three i would probably say hannah and maybe lawrence yeah i, I just think Two people who have either played a, a low-key loyal game or have potentially annoyed the jury is his best bet. Exactly. I can see sort of Christopher playing the shotgun game because he is such a big threat of I don't care who I'm up against the final three, I probably win or stand a very good chance of winning. I mean, as you said quite rightfully, Matt, like he is such a performer. Like imagine that guy at Final Tribal Council, he'll be like, Tanuke, I voted you out. <laughs> Doug, we were against each other. Ashley, I played my idol. Like, that is a man that you, even if you hate him, you have to root for. And I think it's just going to be incredible if he does get there. Yeah, I completely agree. And and that's my my worry, really, is if he can get there. (laughs) I'd really like to think he could, and I'd really like to see Chris 
get to the end of this game, but I think it'll definitely be an uphill battle for him to get there. Why don't we move on then to the next person in our list, and that is Leilani. Do you think that Leilani has any sort of winner's story that has either been set up for her, or that she could argue if she gets to the end of this game? Oh, goodness. Like, Leilani had, like, the piecing together of a pre-merge winner trajectory, like, near the end of it especially. Like, I really liked her storyline of there are so many qualities that I have that people are underestimating, and I thought that that would be good. And then, what was it, week five, we had the merge episode and the episode 10, and she had one confessional across both of them. So (laughs) it's a bit disappointing (laughs) to see how that turned out, but... We're kind of seeing that build up a little bit now with Christopher saying, like, Leilani, she's walking around, she acts clueless, but she has got a brain there. I think my trajectory for her is either losing finalist or final juror, just because she has that kind of, like, okay, I've grown on the island, but I don't really think that we're getting the winner narrative from her. Although you might disagree, you know. No, no, I completely agree. I think your uh, judgment on her being over a losing point list just before the end could be right. Um, also potentially taking it in the next couple of episodes if that Lenina group stick together. But what I will say about Leilani is I do think there are some stories that we could say that have been set up for her. Yeah. Obviously, as you said, there's the whole underestimated thing. There's also the sort of girl power storyline about the women being voted out pre-merge. I could also see with Leilani, as part of this girl power storyline from the pre-merge, potentially coming and avenging Tanuke for the group voting her out, and maybe that's that's what stems her game, and maybe she can argue that at the end. So I do think there's nuggets there, but I would agree that, that there's not enough for me to say that she's going to be the winner of this season, and I don't think she has the greatest arguments when she gets to the end. There's also the weird plotline of the Chris and Leilani relationship, which could end up with them both being at Final Tribal together, but it started to turn a bit sour in the last episode. <laughs> and it was something that was so positive earlier on, and now it's just taking a negative turn. Like, Chris used two votes against her and wanted to have a deadlock against her, so that's really interesting that it turned that right. What do you think is Leilani's best route to the final three? Obviously, she's got the Calaton relationship. She's got a couple of remaining Lenena relationships. How do you see her getting all the way to the end? Oh, yeah, I, I think she is definitely someone that obviously has a connection with Nathan. I think people... See, it's interesting thinking from everyone's, like, optimal gameplay style from their perspectives because we just talked about how Christopher, you know, he can pretty much do whatever he just needs to get to the end he's got a very good shot at winning i think leilani really needs to get this crisp line sight into fruition and get him out and really own it i mean i think the worrying thing about leilani i don't know if you caught it but she kind of has like this i'm i'm going all over the place like nalia's storyline from marquesis where nalia famously in like day 24 didn't say she started playing the game and leilani in this episode she's like i think i'm actually going to start playing the game here she says at the final tribal council it blew my mind why she would even vocalize that but I think at this point, she just has to go for it and show that she is someone that can pull up blind sides because everyone's been making these moves around her. And they're even saying to her, like, Pegleg came up to her in episode 12 and he said, Leilani, like, you're our lapdog to Nathan and Tanuke. And Leilani was like, I'm fine. They're in my <laughs> camp. They can do whatever. And I don't know. Like, it is the reason I say losing finalist or final juror is because 
the impression I get from Leilani is she's content with getting far in the game with people she likes. And that's completely fine. I think that's the type of person that Leilani is in the real world. But you also have to understand she need to make the big moves. And a big move against Christopher, even Matthew, that was set her up. But could she do it? Yeah, I think that's the big question with Leilani is whether she actually will. <laughs> uh, we know that she's not someone who particularly likes to play hard strategically. But I think, you know, the tables have turned. She's now on the bottom. She's going to have to start playing. And I don't think she's necessarily going to have any loyalties left at the end of this. So I think she definitely has a route there. But as we know, she is on the bottom currently. I'm not sure that her and Nathan are going to be able to break into that Lenina group. So it's kind of a case of they have to either win or go home. Essentially. <laughs> um, yeah, I think also something that's very interesting is the challenges seem very well suited to her. Like, the challenges were so weird this season. I made the inside joke, I think, even on this podcast a few weeks ago about how they just banned puzzles in the Dominican Republic because <laughs> it was all physical, physical, physical for the pre-merge. And now post-merge, I mean, there's challenges there that are really awful for big guys, like the balance on a pot challenge. There's the tree stump challenge. I don't know. I'm just making up names for these challenges. The Aussie Lizeth one. And like Nathan, he just couldn't fit his toes into that tree stump. So, like, it's weird seeing the flip, almost, in challenge styles. Yeah, I would agree. I think Leilani stands a good chance of winning some of these uh, challenges in the next mm. few weeks. Justice for Ren, I mean, get some puzzles in there. Ren would have smashed these <laughs> post-match challenges. Uh, but what do you see as the optimum Final Trouble Council set up for Leilani? Who should she take to the end in order to be able to win this game? Ooh, let me have a look at my list. So I think Hannah is someone that she could be able to justify herself over. And then, ooh, it depends, really. I think Lawrence, if you're going to try and play off the bitter juror scenario. Otherwise, I think Nathan, potentially, depending on how he goes throughout the rest of the game, you could be able to say at least you're a bit more active than Nathan. You weren't as tight to Tanuke, but, I mean, you're... You're really trying to make me <laughs> come up with some very good narrative here, Matthew. I would say that Hannah and Lawrence is probably your best final three, but I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, Hannah and Lawrence with an outside shot of Nathan there. Um, my concern with it mm-hmm. is, is she going to be able to get there with those people? It's going to be hard for the Kalaton oh, team to survive all the way to the end at this point. So speaking of Nathan, let, let's talk about him a bit. So do you think he has a winning story that he can use to get to the end and argue his case to the jury? I All I've learned about Nathan over the past few weeks is for some reason he really does not like Shy. Like, we, we had already booted Shy. He was gone. He wasn't on the island anymore. And then Nathan was like, yes, we've got out Shy. We don't have to stab on eggshells anymore. What has Shy done? Is he, <laughs> what heinous crimes has he done on that island that could not be shown on screen for our eyes? But apart from that, I mean, I know Nathan's hungry and he's starving <laughs> yeah um i think he's was a bit too I'm trying to think of the word a bit too comfortable in his majority alliance like we see at that final eight round where christopher is asking nathan like what's the plan what's happening and nathan's like i don't associate with you i don't like your style of gameplay that's why i'm on the top and you're on the bottom and then we've got a bit of a karma moment might have to make that um part of my uh, channel uh, next upload uh, instant karma moments in survivor and yes. have that be one of them <laughs> um but yeah that really was not a good luck and i mean matthew you might know more about me but surely his game positioning isn't too good after this round 
Yeah, I would be shocked if Nathan made it out of these next two episodes, to be quite honest. I think he's just in a really bad position. He's now in the bottom with Leilani. Obviously, he's a bigger threat than Leilani as well. So I, I really can't see a way in which he can infiltrate mm-hmm. the Banana group. Maybe if they're able to throw Chris under the bus. But, you know, will they be willing to lose their majority that quickly? That's the question for me. I know, yeah, like... To be fair, I thought he was going to be a lot more of a threat coming into the merge, because, I mean, you know yourself, Matthew, if you're a big, strong guy and you're making it into the merge, it's a very scary scenario, but he has done well to play down that aspect, but I seriously cannot think of a single move that can relate to the jurors that Nathan is going to be able to tell everyone and get them on side with. Yeah, and I think the problem there he was too willing to let Tanunke control all of the strategy for the Kalaton group, and now he really has nothing to argue at the end, unfortunately. And I think the only thing that we could start to see is a potential like avenging Tanuke arc, as I said with Leilani coming up now, and maybe, you know, he gets revenge on the Lenenas and Chris and Matthew, and that's how he gets to the end and, and wins this game. So that that's yeah, that's interesting. You brought up the same thing with Leilani. Who do you think is more so going to get the Avenge Tanuke argument? Do you think it's going to be Leilani or Nathan coming into the next episode? If I had to put my money on one of them, I'd go Leilani. I just think it it makes more sense given the storylines that we've been told so far in the game. Yes, I, I would agree. Because well, cause Leilani has this uh, rivalry with Chris also, which makes it more likely to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 looking at this list, Matthew, and like we were talking about final threes. I I uh, I don't want to say it, but I think Nathan might be a bit of a goat at this point of the game. Like, I think he might just get dragged to the end. I'm seriously trying to think who he wins over. For me, the only person I can think of maybe Lawrence, if the jury are bitter against Lawrence's moves, and you know Nathan could argue that he played more loyally, yeah. and maybe the jury would like that more. Maybe Layla. I mean, it'll probably be a final three, right? Because we've got four more episodes. Yeah, it's a final three. Maybe Leilani again. Yeah, for me, Leilani and Nathan have to go to the end together for either of them to have a real shot of winning at this point. <laughs> and I think that the problem is that's very unlikely to happen. How the hell do they get out of this with them both being on the bottom right now? I, I just don't see it. Why don't we talk now then about the next person? Someone with a, a few more options, someone with potentially more to talk about when discussing the route to the end. And that is the person who made the big move this episode, flipping on his original tribe, and that's Matthew. Oh, like, Matthew is doing so well. He is representing the 21-year-olds, my my demographic, so well on Survivor. And it's incredible. I mean, Survivor UK hosts, presenters, people behind the scenes, if you're listening, you got another 21-year-old here that's willing to go on the show. Cross-banded, guys. Me and Matthew <laughs> could be on for Series 2, yes. have an under-the-radar alliance <laughs> that only people that listen to this podcast would know about, so yes. <laughs> might be a bit worrying. But um, we, like, Matthew was really interesting. He got zero confessionals, I think, at the, mar- at the marooning, sorry. So episode one, which was kind of odd yes and then he just has been getting like incremental content but i mean coming into the merge he's kind of just exploded with the strategic content and it's almost like two different sides to matthew i mean i keep going to i think it was episode five where they were going to get rid of rachel and they were around the well and matthew was like oh there's some people that don't really click with the rest of the tribe and Lawrence was asking him yeah but but who do you mean and then he was like oh well I don't know just saying there's some people that maybe just don't get along with the tribe and Tanuke had to vocalize for him there was Rachel so to see over the course of again 
filming day is probably about a week or two weeks. Him completely flip that narrative on his head and to be able to blindside Tanuke. I mean, I think he might be the number one person to win the game at the moment from like a logical perspective. There is an argument with Christopher with the edit, of course, but I mean, he's so well liked. He was the person that was the most integral to, th to that Tanuke move. And yeah, I, I think he's great, especially considering it was only him and Rich that were kind of wrapping the under 25s. It was an extremely old cast. So shout out to him for being able to integrate himself. Did super well. Yeah, and I completely agree. And I think it's interesting how you called out the, the Rachel move as well, uh, because like both of the big blindsides that happen with the Calaton group, we have Rachel and obviously Tanuke, mm -hmm. um, they're kind of Matthew's moves, and both of those people didn't believe that Matthew would have been one of the people that voted for them when they were voted out. So I think that could be his argument when he gets to the end of the game. You know, he made all these alloys, he made strategic moves, and no one thought for a second that he will be able to take people out of this game yeah. and turn on them. I completely agree that he's the front runner to win at this point. I think he's well liked, and if he can get to the end, it should be a shoe in for him to win. And I think that it's very fortunate that the moves he made against the contestants are people that respect the game. I mean, Doug, the, my, my good friend, my Instagram buddy, he is someone that has said, you know, like, I am a Survivor fan, I respect big moves. So he's someone that will probably vote for Matthew as, like, respect. And then Tanuki as well, I think she would respect the move as well as someone that is a Survivor fan and is obviously willing to make big moves herself as well. It is just the question of if he is able to, as you say, Matthew, sell it correctly. Completely agree. So what do you think Matthew's best route to the end is then? What moves does he need to make to sit at the final tribal? Well, based on the edit, it seems like Matthew and Lawrence are a bit of a duo now, more so out of necessity. So you might disagree with me because this is a wacky idea and I always come up with wacky ideas, but I was thinking like a Tony Vlaco strategy where you have Leilani and Nathan on one camp and then you have Hannah, Christopher and Pegleg in the other camp and then you swing with Lawrence to be able to take out each person, getting out big threats on each side and use that two number advantage because like I think Nathan and Leilani are very against Christopher and then Hannah and Pegleg are against Nathan and Leilani. So potentially, as you say, using his agency to be able to pick off a few of those people. It could work. Will it happen? I don't know. <laughs> I'd love to see that, and I think it would be a great strategy. My only worry with that would be, at what point does he become too much of a threat, and at what point does he end up being taken out himself? Do you think there's any benefit if he does stick to an alliance with him choosing, say, the, the Nenons over the Calaton group? Ooh, well, the thing is, is that, like, if he gets rid of the Calatons, those are all people that are on the jury that have got to be with him a lot more in the game. So I feel like they'd be more willing to back him. The thing is, is obviously we've seen that some of the Lenanas almost out of necessity are kind of tight knit, like Pegleg and Hannah are very close. Christopher seems to be brought into that group. So it is a bit of a worry of almost fear of the unknown. Do you go with these people that you spent less time with? that now have almost been forced to be bonded because of how you played the prior game. That's an interesting dichotomy, but I don't know. Like, I feel like the Calatons are easier to win against. Again, Matthew, I think, is quite good winner equity, but I don't know. What would you think, Matthew? I'm, I'm flipping it back on you. <laughs> Bet you didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would agree that going with 
the Netherlands is probably better, get more callous on votes on the jewellery. Also, I think flipping back and forth is probably not the best look. So I think stand your ground, explain the moves that you made at the end of the game. And I think the Calatons like Matthew and will be willing to vote for him, even though he flipped on them. I'm really interested because it seems like in the trailer, he's very committed to working with Christopher. Like they're going out, they're hunting together, they're laughing together, they're spending time together. Do you think if he works with Christopher for the next round, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing for his game? I think it's a great thing um, for Matthew. And I also think even if Christopher doesn't get taken out, I think Matthew's the one person left on this cast that I think is pretty much guaranteed to beat Chris at a final tribal council, just because he hasn't um, annoyed as many people. So I I think working with Chris is probably the right way to go for Matthew. um, And I think that will help him get to the end. I, yeah, again, I don't know Matthew's survivor knowledge. He could be a big survivor fan for all I know. I don't know if you know if he's a big survivor fan or. There was nothing in his pre postseason interviews, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he isn't a fan of the show. Yeah, I know. Because I was thinking, like, he could use Christopher as uh, survivor terminology as a shield and be able to bring him maybe final six and then just cut him and then get to the final few rounds. But. Again, depending on his survivor knowledge, I don't know if he'd be able to know if that's something that he is able to do, or else if he's just going to play the game of get rid of the biggest threat every single time. Yeah, great shout with the the shield strategy. I really hope that Matthew is able to see that he doesn't need to cut Chris, because I think that will be detrimental to his game and leave him quite open to being the most obvious target on the island at that point. Uh, Optimum final three for Matthew. Who do you think he should take to the end? Ooh, well... I think his only opposition right now is Christopher, and even then, I think he still has a good chance against Christopher, depending on what jury think about him, depending on how much Lee bashes on Christopher. Um, But I would say that probably he could team up with, like, Pegleg and Hannah. That seems like a pretty good group for him, because Nathan, again, I think is going to be a bit pissed off at him at the start. Leilani is as well. I mean, to be fair, he could have Lawrence at the end as well. I feel like Lawrence would be someone that would be willing to work with him. So I think he has got options. And I feel like eventually Nathan and Leilani, even though they might be emotional to the fact that Matthew was the one to flip, I think they have to realize eventually, like, Matthew is your best shot of staying in the game. So that's my view, at least. But do you think he would beat Christopher? Yeah, I do think he would beat Christopher. I just think he's much more liked. And at the end of the day, that's what... The final tribal council's all about. Uh, I think it was a great shout about Peg being a potential final tribal person for Matthew. I think the edit has shown us that they were kind of close, that Peg has some respect for Matthew after the last gasp challenge. And I think that although Peg's well-liked, I think if Matthew gets to the end, he can definitely argue a stronger game. Uh, Again, I think Hannah and Lawrence are good shouts as people that Matthew could conceivably take to the end. And I think that if Nathan and Lay do make amends with him, they are also people that he will be able to beat at the end of the game. So I think he's absolutely in the best position at the moment. And I think he can pretty much take anyone to the end and win right now. But it's also about who he puts on the jury. Like, will the Calatonians give him the votes or is he safe for taking them to the end and vice versa with the Lenenans? Oh, exactly, yes. Uh, that's the thing, like, if he puts Lawrence on the jury, he could get, like, an extra vote as well. Like, that's the thing you have to think about, is, like, do you want to sit beside your friends at the end, or do you want your friends to be on the jury? But I think, as you say, it's it's a very close vote if he goes to the end against Christopher, so I think those, might, I think those two might go against each other. 
maybe not next episode, but potentially the episode after, by the end of week seven, on the TV airings at least. The next person we're going to talk about is Lawrence. How do you feel like Lawrence has a potential winning story and getting to the end? Oh, let's see, I, I think this is going to be a hot take, but I just don't really think that Lawrence has much of an end game. Like, there's another amazing Survivor YouTuber, Survivor Gumball, good friend of mine. Shout out to him on the podcast, but he's someone that would have him a bit more higher than me. And, like, fair enough to him. But for me, like, just when I see Lawrence, it's like, Firstly, I think that he's only really there for the humor. I don't know how much people respect him. And then secondly, I think that the move with Tanuke, like if there's one person that you need to write their name down, it's Tanuke. She respects big moves. She's someone that is a gamer, a player. She's wrote down many people's names and backstabbed them. So like, I feel like him almost not putting down Tanuke's name and putting down Pegleg's name was almost seen as chickening out of a plan to get rid of her like if tanuke had an idol that's the entire plan blown up there just because you told her her name's out there so that was also a bit questionable and something i think the edit everyone talked about the edit kind of dunked on him for although at least he got bacon baps so there is that. <laughs> yeah i mean have you hacked our uh, unreleased recap for this week because <laughs> that's exactly our thoughts on him as well i just think for me, Lawrence is the clear goat because he's made moves without actually committing to the moves. Mm -hmm. He's backstabbed people without actually backstabbing people. He was never really in any of the alliances. It just feels like he's floated through the game and backstabbed people who are just not going to be impressed by yeah. it. I, I feel like we just have such like similar thought processes <laughs> about it, but yeah, like really the only things I can think about Lawrence is like the humorous scenes he had or about him just congratulating every day that he's got throughout the game so as you say he could be actually a potential final tribal council contestant and that's sort of like the way that they build it up is like oh look at that lawrence survived all the days but then he just doesn't get that many votes like i don't know who would vote for him on the jury right now yeah i agree um i think his route to the end is fairly easy if he plays his cards right but he could quite easily get his spot blown up mm -hmm. along the way and get voted out that way. In terms of final three combinations, potentially could beat Leilani. Potentially could beat Hannah. Yeah. I could I could see him, Nathan and Leilani, potentially like coming together as like the Kalatons. Because, I mean, he didn't burn them, to be fair. He voted for Peg. Like, so that could be the one saving grace is like he could claim to be on the outs during that vote for some reason peg leg <laughs> but like yeah I, I think that the road for the end for him is very tough and like all the time he's just been the secondary figure secondary figure to shy he's been a secondary figure to Sanuke. now he's a secondary figure to matthew so it's like well at what point do we see lawrence and just lawrence yeah i completely agree i just think I think he's unlikely to to win at this point. The most unlikely, probably. Uh, have you got anything else to add about Lawrence? I think it was very impressive that he won immunity um, in that last yeah. round. Um, like Christopher was smashing all those parts of the challenge, and then he did super well. I really like that episode twelve challenge as well. But yeah, like other like he, he needs to start making moves and calling the shots because right now I think he's playing quite passively 
and the jury's not going to reward that even if it is a jury that maybe hasn't got as much survivor knowledge as other casts yeah exactly <laughs> um so let's talk about peg leg next uh what do you think peg leg's winning story would be oh i love peg leg so much <laughs> he is like the most adorable person ever and i felt so bad for him during episode 12 where he was like i can't have pizza lawrence took out the wrong peg why does why does he get pizza like that was <laughs> it was so cute but like he is great i think if memory serves me correctly he is actually the longest uh he is the uh, how am i gonna phrase it basically he is the person that has got the furthest as an amputee in survivor so i feel like that's really cool to see obviously him getting very far it is good to see the challenges are like able to accommodate him like there's some australian survivor challenges where it was like run up a mountain and then there's damien with two amputated legs it's like how on earth is he supposed to do that yeah but like um like peg leg is great he is someone that is really starting to understand the game and has got always every single week just that one confessional that's like man that's a really good confessional and i think even though christopher gets the credit for flipping matthew i really liked peg legs point of saying matthew you're their lapdog and him going around telling him that i think that turned matthew from being on the fence to actually understanding in a clear-cut way actually i do need to make a move now this time so i would also give some credit to peg leg for that move because he's been in everyone's ear and he's still here yeah i completely agree i think chris convincing matthew is one thing but really it's it's the words of someone like peg leg <laughs> you know he's level-headed that is actually going to convince you to flip there I agree in terms of peg leg having the strategy needed to get to the end. My one thing with peg leg is I think he needs that killer instinct. Like mm -hmm. he knows how to strategize. He knows how to plan the vote, but he's only doing it if he feels like the person is the right person to go morally. I think it's very similar to what we we're talking about with Lawrence. It's like, okay, it's Liam peg leg. It's Doug and peg leg. It's Christopher and peg leg. It's Matthew and peg leg. It's like, but when do we just get peg leg by himself? And we always do get to see his insight, which is good. He's got some strategy and like he's learned a lot more information than he probably should have. Again, the fact that Doug told him about his idol was just insane. But again, like when's it going to be individually peg leg that gets that crowning move? Completely agree. Do you think there's an easy route for him to get to the end or do you think it's going to be a struggle? Oh, so I, I think his connection with Han is good. They're a duo that I feel like is more under the radar and it, the only reason that one of them would go is because they're seen as a solid two which at this point i mean as a tribe of seven two really isn't that scary it's not until by final five that you really start fearing those duos but he is someone that's got that connection and i mean i'm looking at the list and i really don't know anyone that doesn't like peg leg in the game and on the jury so he is someone that i think is likable enough and could with the right argument be able to beat probably everyone if christopher has a bad performance he could even be christopher i think his main threat right now is matthew but to give peg leg his credit i think he even understands that matthew now after this round will be a massive threat yeah completely agree and i think the good thing about peg leg's position now is this the whole moral voting thing um kind of has to go out of the window because there's not really anyone here who's uh hands are completely resolved of dirt in, in yeah. this situation 
you know, maybe Hannah, but she's his closest ally seemingly at this point. So I think, you know, it's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Edit-wise, I worry about the lack of build-up of his relationship with Hannah. True. Um, but I think he does have a, a solid edit in itself. Mm-hmm. So, And I think, as you were saying, you made a really good point about, like, voting morally. Like, we see at the very start of the game where Lee and Peg, like, or, like, or Rachel's got sand in her eye, like, just brush it off. Like, what are you doing? You're on Survivor. And as time has gone on, I think he's understood that it is a very tough game. I think he even said in his letters at home that like it was far tougher than he thought it would be and that he's a lot more emotional than he thought it would be. And now we're getting to the situation where even though I know he wanted to keep Lee in the game, it's going to sound really bad. I think that Lee was a bit of a bad influence on Pegleg with like saying about how he needs to play morally because now that Lee's gone, he's playing with a lot more fluidity in his gameplay style. And I feel like he's aligning with more people that maybe with Lee he wouldn't have. I feel like he was very committed to that Lee, Hannah, Doug contingent beforehand. Now, as we see, he's working with Matthew. He is playing a game that I feel like overall is a lot more versatile. Hopefully I didn't offend Lee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. And it's it's really funny how once Lee goes, suddenly everyone starts playing cutthroat. <laughs> like, okay, we need to get rid of him first. No, we can play. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> no, we cannot get told off what we do. <laughs> um, so... Pegleg's best final three combo, what are you thinking? Ooh. Yeah, so I, th- I think he beats Lawrence, Nathan, and Leilani, as well as Hannah. But I feel like out of, I guess, in my opinion, the most likely final three, uh, logically for him, would probably be Hannah and then maybe someone else, maybe like a Lawrence. I feel like that is something that could happen and I could see happening. And I think that he would get a lot of respect from the jury and... Again, I don't really see how Hannah is outshone him in terms of them too. Like, I know you're saying that, again, his relationships weren't fully built up. And yes, like things like Hannah and even Doug, like the relationship on like Calaton, where like they were like, yeah, where our rider dies was like, okay, that came out of nowhere. But <laughs> like, I feel like he probably would be Hannah in terms of if you're comparing their storylines. Yeah, I agree. I think Lawrence and Hannah is the winning uh, scenario for Peg Leg there. <laughs> so uh, that brings us on finally to Hannah. Does Hannah have a, a story, no matter a winning story, that could, <laughs> that could make sense on the show? She is, I think Hannah's the only person left in the game that hasn't had, obviously she's had personal content because of the letters at home, but pre-filmed personal content. And it's like, how? Like, she is literally a midfielder, a sports player. You get so many cool promo shots, so many things that could relate to her story about how she's used to being in a team environment and on a pitch and working hard. And they just haven't. So that is a bit weird. But apart from that, like, even though she has been under-edited, like, she's been weirdly consistent, which on a cast like this, where you have Leilani that appears every once two in two weeks and you know people like nathan that i don't really see where they're at it's going like at least i know where hannah's headspace is at and i have for a few weeks now but again like her her edit's been a bit disappointing in terms of a route to the end i think she actually has quite a lot of routes to the end she's probably decently positioned in in terms of this group of people uh how are you feeling about her position yeah, I mean, we, we said week two about how Hannah was my preseason winner pick, and everyone was like, oh dear, like, why? Like, she's so low-ranked. She's someone that doesn't have a story. It's not too bad at the moment. I mean, I did lose every other one of the people that I drafted for fantasies. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that she's not actually too bad. Like, 
when I think about that Tanuki Hana conversation, I'm like trying to think in the mind of like the editors, not so much the viewers. I'm like, why would they, out of all the content they could have included on the island, all the images of Lawrence butt naked, all the storylines that have been going on, why would they pick that storyline? And I think it is to allow us to understand things from Hannah's perspective and kind of let us know a little bit more about Hannah, which could be good in that they are building her up to maybe have like a late game success story or else Hannah's going to get voted out very early because she's getting a spike <laughs> in content. Yeah. That's always the issue with these things. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. is there any other content from Hannah recently that I missed out or... I don't think so. No. I think <laughs> she gets content where she's relevant, and we also get to hear her thoughts on That's people true. playing strategically. I think what you said about her easy route to the end or getting taken out early, I think where it gets interesting is if she does get to the end, what is the final three combo? Because yes. <laughs> right now, I struggle to see a winning one for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like, I mean, Nathan, maybe Nathan and Leilani, but like that's us looking at like, okay, here's what the edits providing us. Like, I feel like Survivor UK again, they're going to have that person that you're like, okay, I can see why they won that season. And like, even though like you're trying to piece together like the first few rounds of gameplay for Hannah, where she was situated, I don't know, like it, it, like she hasn't voted correctly for a few rounds. And. Yeah, it is a bit worrying if she were to be in the final tribal council, what she could say. Yeah, I, I don't even understand how she'd end up at the final tribal with Leilani <laughs> and Nathan either. I think that, that is true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there'd have to be a lot of surprising turns. I mean, I'm down for Hannah to pull some crazy moves off in, the, in this last stretch here and potentially get away to the <laughs> end and take out the win. So uh, my last question for you is, if you have to predict the final three oh <laughs> right now, what would you say? Oh, where would I go with this? Right, so let me try and map it out. So I feel like, if I see, if I'm looking at my power rankings, I have, have Lawrence at the bottom. I think they might, oh, I think they might try and take out one of Leilani or Nathan. So probably, so maybe Nathan. And then maybe take out Christopher. So that leaves that. And then I feel like maybe they might take out Pegleg. So that would leave us with Matthew, Hannah, Leilani, and Lawrence. And then maybe Lawrence is that boot. So maybe like Leilani, Hannah, and Matthew. I <laughs> That's just me like theorying it out in my mind and just leaving a word salad out there. But I'd be, I'd be interested to see how it differs from your final three because you probably put more thought into it. Um, I can see a Matthew Lawrence, maybe Pegleg final three. Like we got the content where Pegleg was talking about Matthew in the last gasp challenge. Like, could that be foreshadowing of them potentially working together there? I don't know. I think it's interesting. There's a lot of ways that it could go, but it feels like there are a couple of clear front runners in terms of the actual winner. Because I was thinking for so long, like Christopher and Leilani would probably be like a final tribal council like i had mapped in my head like christopher wins the game and leilani's a losing finalist and it still could happen but like that relationship has gone downhill very quickly so like i'm trying to think about what relationships they possibly set up that aren't too obvious but also you can say okay like i can see how they got to the final three together it's hard because like we get like 
a lot of just the boys, which is like the Chris, Matthew, Lawrence is involved in that at some point. Everyone except Nathan there. And then obviously we have the Calaton group. And then we don't really get the setup for... We haven't had anything between Peg and Chris. Mm -hmm. We haven't had anything between Peg and Hannah, really, of any note. And then we haven't had anything between Chris and Hannah, other than Hannah saying she doesn't really like Chris. So. <laughs> yeah. It's hard for me to see a, a Lenena group that could make the end as a trio, and because that, okay. that would make sense. We're both looking down at our notes right here, right now, but um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I'm trying to think about like who actually has like a strong enough edit that isn't completely like purple, so that's why I've kind of like just thought that Nathan wouldn't get to the final Tribal Council. It's like, what's Nathan's story throughout the game? I, like I, I would say like I'm thinking Leilani, and then maybe you could swap out Christopher and Matthew. Who knows? Could Pegleg be a finalist? Would that be a final final tribal council story? I could see Pegleg reaching the final, and I could see him. I think if he gets there, he could either win or he could be like a second place person after someone who's made more moves than him. Yeah. And I think that would make sense. Then we get all the peg leg was robbed comments. Yeah. And that's why everyone checks out Survivor UK to <laughs> see who should have won. Yeah, that's that's what really uh, gets the ball rolling <laughs> <laughs> on the show, getting more popularity. Yeah. Like it's, it's interesting because this is the same company that does Survivor South Africa, Banerjee Entertainment. Um, yeah. Survivor South Africa very infamously in like F's first all-star season return of the outcasts it was very much just like here's here is what happened on the island you viewers we're not really trying to make uh edited show out of this and it was very much just like showing the actual things that happened which is why some of the things that happened or the blind sides that happened kind of just come out of nowhere and some of the storylines are a bit weird it's because no like on the island like they just were weird and there was no setup to it they just decided to do it yeah. so yeah it is interesting to see if maybe we're not really supposed to be getting like a winner added out of some people it's just like okay like these are the people for who they are we haven't tried to edit them too much in their intentions but i don't know <laughs> no i agree like for me like Ashley Duggan to Nuke were the three winner edits yeah. that I saw on the island. So. It's a really bad week to have me on. It's like like if you had me on like before Sunday night, then I would have been like, yeah, Tanuke, Tanuke's winning this game. And then I would have been crying by the time the episode went out. So <laughs> thank you for waiting a day. I was so sure she wasn't going home just because of the, A, the edit, and then B, like Matthew's confessional before being like, it's about making the right moves at the right time. I was yeah. like, nah, she's not uh, going. And then chaos no. like do you think it was the right time for matthew to make the move against tanuke or should he have waited to maybe the final seven it's hard because if you lose chris there do you potentially lose some of the ability to, to make that move yeah that's the thing like you're banking on lawrence being able to vote um, yeah <laughs> that's the thing but i don't yeah like it, it's always that weird like situation in the survivor community and like all these like theory plans about how oh person x could have won the game if they waited one more round in the game and as you say like matthew says it's all about timing but is that supposed to be a good confessional for why matthew wins or a bad confessional for maybe why matthew loses like oh it's just it's so odd we could probably go over ours like analyzing the edit here yeah, I, I also think if um, if Matthew doesn't follow through with that plan, 
if as soon as Tanuka gets wind that oh, yeah. Matthew and Lawrence are gonna flip, but then they didn't like and they didn't tell her about it, then that's mm. gonna look really bad for them I anyway. I can't believe Lawrence told her. Like that's crazy. Like you know idols are there. <laughs> Honestly chaotic. Like <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so is there anything else that you want to add about anything, really? <laughs> uh, no, I, I just want to, like, congratulate Survivor UK. I mean, obviously, I've been very critical of them. I think we all have during the pre-merge yeah. phase of the game. It felt like there was dynamic gameplay happening in the pre-merge, and when, like, I talk badly about the episodes, I don't mean to talk badly about the contestants or insult them or anything. But the reason why I was down on week two and week three was because we were getting these blind sides about like the Rachel blind side and the Jess blind side, but it felt like the editors didn't really know how to properly edit those blind sides. It felt very telegraphed to me. And now we're getting into the merge and I feel like, okay, now they know what they're doing. They're now like showing different dynamics and perceptions and they're slowly building in about, oh, maybe we should go for Doug. Like that Doug run was beautiful because you hear Doug's name and you're like, what? And then you hear more and more about the rationale for it until you get to the Doug blindside and you understand completely why yeah. they blindsided Doug. So that was built up really well. And I was someone that was critical about Survivor UK, but I feel like... You know, I am excited for Survivor UK Series 2. Get me, Matthew, and Joseph on if, if you guys want. <laughs> All in the Brains tribe with the Survivor knowledge. We <laughs> we would carry that tribe. But yeah, that, those are my thoughts. I don't know if they align with yours, but... No, had to get out there. <laughs> No, it feels like they're trying to like almost soft launch the strategy yeah. and like try and get people into it slowly. And even like with this weekend's Blindsides, like... The Doug blindside was like fully explained to us through every step. Yes. And then the Tanuko blindside was still explained to us, but it was left a bit more uncertain. So it was almost like the Doug one was like preparing you almost. Mm -hmm. for and I, I can understand their fears because like we as a nation suck in terms of social strategy shows. Like, yes. If someone does something slightly villainous, like, I don't watch the traders, but I hear all this news about how the traders in the UK, like there was someone that did something slightly devious and then they got hounded on Twitter because that's what everyone does. And then just like, I understand why they maybe want to present it as like, oh, like they're just voting for people rather than showing off the full strategy. But I feel like Survivor is one of those games where like, no, we actually need the strategy. And I'm actually surprised from my perspective about how well the community is like taking like these big blind sides and people playing villainously like big brother like in the uk here like there wasn't really any moves that were made and i feel like contestants were worried about the backlash so maybe yeah. it shows that finally 20 years later we have grown as a society and we can <laughs> we can handle when one of our favorites get voted out who knows yeah i mean if you, if you're looking at like the x response after it like it seemed like 75% of people loved it. And then I saw like 25% Tanuke Hay after the Doug vote. Oh, and it's just like, really? Like, come on. <laughs> just, oh, just stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put your phone down. Just relax. It's it's a game for £100,000. What, are people just supposed to be friends? Like, It's like playing Monopoly and people being like, oh, you're not being nice and giving me property. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, like, it, it's so cringy to say, but, like, it's the Survivor Classic phrase, there's only three spots at the end and only one person can win, so, 
you know, you can play a game where you're picking off people on the bottom, but eventually you're going to be on the bottom and then you're going to be a victim of your own yeah. mentality. You're going to fall on the sword. So I completely agree. That, like, And it's good to see like diverse gameplay as well. And I was worried about when like we lost Ren and Shy and Tanuke and Doug. I was like, okay, right, we've lost a lot of the Survivor super fans here. What, what's going to happen? But no, like we've got plurality votes. We have extra vote plays, idle plays, which are cool to see. You don't have to do a million tasks like the beware advantages in Survivor US. That's cool. Um, and yeah, it's just good to see Survivor back on our TV screens. Yeah, I think if, if this weekend showed anything, it's like, even if you think that people aren't playing the game, like someone's playing the game, yes. like you will go home if you uh, do not join in. And you have to play the game, you know, otherwise you're just going to get run over like it's i'm trying to think of like an example like an older school survivor like tina for example in the australian outback like everyone was like we don't care if we're playing the game amber was just there happy to vote with the majority and everything tina pretended that she was just happy with voting whatever she was just this happy-go-lucky western mom she was making blindsides and moves she was playing hard <laughs> and then she's like oh no but but i'm a sweetheart and everything like that like you will get fooled by people that are pretending that they're playing this really wholesome moral game and you're just going to end up as roadkill if you fall into that mentality okay so uh that is all our content for this week leading into the uh very unpredictable <laughs> ultimate week i'd say that makes it a lot more exciting though yeah obviously. i can't wait for matthew and christopher to get voted out and then you bring me back on the podcast for next week and i'm like matthew i don't know he's just <laughs> no he's, re he's returning on. to the game and he's winning well bandit it's been amazing having you back on always love to hear what you've got to say um what's coming up with you and where can people uh find you and follow you yes so basically i have a youtube channel i've got actually two youtube channels so i have my second channel where you'd find a bit more stuff like the sit out bench podcast i talk about survivor uk and kind of like a podcast style so i do my week rankings i do my power rankings and then on my main channel i talk about mainly survivor content so it's edited 10 minute videos give or take and it's talking about mostly Survivor US, which is why I always escape and scramble to these UK podcasts because it's just too much America. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I can only have enough American throughout my day before I need to eventually relax and <laughs> eat a packet of Tito crisps and become British again. But yeah, like it's some content that like is edited and we talk about like top tens and stuff and also if you do enjoy matthew and joe they might be uh, making a certain appearance on the channel sometime with quite a lot of big other uh social media influencers so look forward to that yeah you've got to subscribe to bandit or you'll miss out on it so oh, yes <laughs> and it's a good video so i'm sure everyone will enjoy it can't wait to see it. So uh, you can follow us at the Sitout Bench over on Instagram at the Sitout Bench, or lowercase with full stops in between, and also over on X at the Sitout Bench. Uh, remember to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you're not already doing so, and share this week's awesome Survivor episodes with as many friends and family members as you can. We need them to get into it now that it's gotten excellent. Um, but that's all from us for now. And uh, the YouTube channel. Oh yeah, we we also have a YouTube channel now, which is. We're just posting random things like the, like the podcasts are on there, but not video, just audio. And um, yeah, we're, we're experimenting with it. Go, 
go and follow us so you'll see stuff when we eventually uh, <laughs> put anything out. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's everything for now. So thanks very much for everyone for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Peace.